Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hand, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and salvation. Oh, come, let us worship him. Let us kneel and bow down before him. Let us confess our sins with penitent hearts and obtain forgiveness by his infinite grace and mercy. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed the devices and desires of our hearts. We have offended against your holy law. We have done those things which we should not have done, and we have not done those things which we should have done. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Spare us and restore us according to the promises you have declared to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. For his sake, grant that we may lead a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon and forgiveness of all our sins, grace for true repentance and amendment of life, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Old Testament lesson appointed for Christmas morning is recorded in Micah chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in Paul's letter to Titus, the third chapter beginning at verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel for the Nativity of our Lord is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, 
his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God be praised for his glad tidings.
Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you that of your mercy and compassion you caused your Son to become incarnate and through him redeemed us from sin and everlasting death. We beseech you enlighten our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we may ever be thankful for such grace and comfort ourselves thereby in all tribulation and temptation and at last obtain eternal salvation through the same your beloved Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, magazines periodically publish lists of the best and worst places in which to live. One year, my birthplace, Rochester, Minnesota, was ranked as the best place to live in the United States. Several years ago, Money Magazine surveyed 300 cities and ranked Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, dead last. That makes one wonder where the survey would have placed Bethlehem in Judea if the people had been given a choice of where the King of Kings would be born. Would Bethlehem in Judea have even made the list? Yet that's where the miracle of the ages occurred, just as the prophet Micah foretold 700 years earlier. A boy is born in Bethlehem. In the joy of our Savior's birth, please rise and sing hymn 142, Rejoice, Rejoice, This Happy Morn. Rejoice, rejoice, this happy morn, a Savior unto us is born, the Christ, the Lord of glory. His lowly birth in Bethlehem, the angels from on high proclaim and sing redemption story. My soul, extol God's great favor, bless him ever for salvation. Give him praise and adoration. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The sermon text for this festival of the Nativity of our Lord is recorded in the fifth chapter of the book of the prophet Micah, beginning at verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. Fellow redeemed in Christ, the newborn king. Why Bethlehem? If Jerusalem had been the choice, we could understand. That was the nation's capital, the largest city, the center of commerce and political power, the site of God's temple. It certainly stood out among all the cities of Judah. But Bethlehem, that little farming and sheep-raising village, 
five miles down the road from mighty Jerusalem? Why that little burg? Bethlehem was such a small town that it didn't even rank among the clans of Judah as all the other tribes of Israel, divided into sections with 1,000 families each. This made for easy and effective governing. Each section then had its own ranking official. But Bethlehem was the least among these clan cities. Its headman was not even counted among the rulers of Judah. But if there were historical markers in those days, several would have dotted Bethlehem's landscape. Near the village itself, Jacob's wife Rachel had died giving birth to their second son, whom she wanted to be called Beth-Oni, son of my sorrow. His father decided instead to call him Benjamin, son of my strength. There Jacob had buried Rachel, the woman he had loved so dearly that he spent 14 years at hard labor in order that he might have her as his wife. In Bethlehem's fields, Ruth, one of the Savior's ancestors, had gleaned the grain left behind by the harvesters. And most important of all, David, Israel's most illustrious king, had been born and grew up as a shepherd boy in this little town. Such events gave little Bethlehem at least a bit of recognition. Yet Micah predicted a far more important event for the little town of Bethlehem, one that history would mark forever. Out of you will come for me, Micah quotes the Lord as saying, one who will be ruler over Israel. From this little town would come one far greater than the person regarded as its most illustrious citizen, King David. He who ruled over an earthly Israel would pale in comparison to this king who is coming. This king would rule over true Israel, that kingdom of all true believers, who from all times and places and languages and colors would belong to God and stand with them in all eternity. That's the boy who is born in Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? Why this insignificant town for such a significant birth? Could it be that God chose Bethlehem because he was thinking of us, of you and me? For how significant are we? Who of us, in spite of what we may dream at times, is going to have his or her name written in the history books? Even some of our country's presidents might not be remembered if teachers haven't made sure to drill their names into their students' heads in history class. Is there a lesson for insignificant entities like you and me in God's choice of Bethlehem for the Savior's birth? Yes, this Christmas season, let each of us as we hear and sing about the little town of Bethlehem once again, understand that not a single one of us is insignificant in God's eyes. He wants each one of us. His heart beats in love for each one of us. He sent his son into that manger and onto that cross to save each of us, to save you and me. Others may belittle and poke fun at us, but not our God. He reaches down to us. Others may stand taller in the world's opinion than we do, but our God, 
through his Son, elevates each of us to the rank of sons and daughters in his eternal family and grants us visas into his kingdom. The devil may try to use our consciences to discredit us and hold our sins against us, but Bethlehem tells us again and again that peace with God is there for us. Just as he did with insignificant Bethlehem, so our loving God has done something wonderfully significant for the insignificant, for you and for me. Try to imagine what Bethlehem was like at the time of Christ's birth. Then widen your scope to include the world around that little town. Do you think that they were very different from our towns and our world? Were their homes teeming with joy or rife with bitterness? Were their streets clean and safe or dirty and dangerous? Were the nations of that era set on global cooperation or were they unwilling to talk and work together? You see, the centuries and the circumstances may have changed, but the need for the Savior's coming has not changed. There's a world out there still waiting for what the babe of Bethlehem brings. So are we. So what would the babe of Bethlehem bring to us this Christmas? Familiarity can dim our appreciation for the gifts Jesus brings. It can even dull our expectation for Jesus himself. Without our even realizing it, we may treat him like much like pizza in our freezer. No longer special, but something always there, and as a result, less valued. Wake up, Micah would tell us. The babe of Bethlehem, your shepherd, is coming. He will care for you as a member of his flock with the strength of the Lord. Now a shepherd doesn't rule his flock by force, by whipping his flock into submission. Instead, he rules with a loving concern, a concern that the sheep soon recognize as their well-being at heart. Now look at the babe of Bethlehem. How strong is his love and concern for us. His love brought him into the manger at Bethlehem to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. As our good shepherd, he laid down his life for us to pay for our sins with his own life's blood. Those little hands stirring around in Bethlehem's manger were later stretched out on Calvary's cross for you and for me. Through his gospel, they still reach down to us each new day with this invitation. Give me those daily sins. Give me those almost forgotten sins and those always remembered sins. Give them to me because I have the strength, the strength of the Lord to take care of them. Indeed, on Calvary's cross, I already have. Are we waiting for the Lord Jesus, our strong shepherd, anxiously and joyously this Christmas season? I hope so. We need him so much. What else does the marvelous babe of Bethlehem bring us? Majesty, Micah answers. Majesty stands for his greatness, his glory, his beauty. What a strange way Jesus had of showing that majesty. It led him from the throne of splendor into the poorest crib imaginable, 
a manger full of straw. It surrounded him with our skin and saddled him with our sins. It brought him right into the midst of people who needed his mercy and help, and he didn't disappoint them. Nor will he disappoint us. If we look only at our troubles this Christmas season, there will be little joy. Raise those eyes, Micah would tell us. Raise them to the one who brings you triumph over trouble. Wait for him, you who are sorely sorely tried and troubled by your own or a loved one's sins. Wait for him, you whose loved ones are gone and only memories remain. Wait for him, you who feel lonely and unloved. Wait for him, you who don't know where to turn or whom to trust. Wait for him, you who think you have more troubles than there are solutions. The babe of Bethlehem will shepherd you in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. He will lead you and feed you, and you can dwell securely. He will be your peace, the peace that truly transcends all understanding, and that no circumstance or trouble can ever take from you. Picture your neighborhood, your town, your country, your world. Many are still waiting for God's great good news, still waiting for someone to tell them what the babe of Bethlehem brings. So many, in short, are still waiting for us. Micah, as he waited and watched for the Savior's coming, told us about the babe of Bethlehem, of him who would come and stand in, and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Now may God, as we rejoice and celebrate, use us to tell others of the one who has come. A boy is born in Bethlehem. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Amen. Let us pray. O day spring from on high, babe of Bethlehem, we follow in the steps of those who knelt in humble adoration at your manger so many years ago. Like the shepherds of old, we thrill to the message which the herald angel brings. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. We go to see this thing which has come to pass. The glory shines around us as well. Our hearts grow warm before the meaning of the miracle. God is love indeed, and there is hope for all who humbly open up their lives to you. You have come to do for us what we are so helpless to do for ourselves. Empower us to fulfill in faithfulness the things which you would have us do. So like the ancient shepherds, our daily walk, may become for us a road of glory and a mission of peace. As you did with Mary and Joseph, so make your home in human hearts and lives. As Joseph and Mary went up from Galilee to Judea, lead us wherever we may help to carry out your plan for mankind. As Mary brought into this world a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel, so enable us too to bring your peace to desperate people. May all who see our worship of the newborn babe 
wonder at the way we keep this day. And here and there, O Bethlehem's royal prince, let there be some who, because of us, ponder these things deep within their hearts. We praise you, Son of Righteousness, risen with healing in your wings. We praise you now and forevermore, and pray as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.